On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time. And on this very special Spooktober Sidetracks, we'll be sharing with you our favorite vampire works to hollow stream. This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Ooh, spoopy Halloween! I'm Katie. <laughs> And hi there, I'm Brittany, and obviously I need more sleep. I know, I I have not gotten much sleep, but I'm, and I'm not spooptobered out like I usually am, because I had just a rough couple of days, but I'm still happy it's spooptober, and happy y'all are here, and I'm excited to talk about some vampire movies. Yes, vampire, vampires, vampires, vampires. Vampire. And so... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we have done at least four vampire films on the podcast. I think so. And yeah, we did Let the Right One In, mm-hmm. Thirst, yep. Ganja and Hess, mm-hmm. and A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, yes. I think are our four that we've done. That sounds right. I feel like there might be one more, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. But for sure, at least four vampire movies yeah we haven't gone overboard with the vampire movies but there's been a lot of interesting vampire things that still continue to come out because like i feel like zombies had a really big resurgence and then it kind of died back down but i feel like vampires you know they had true blood and they had twilight and they had the vampire diaries and you would think that it would go at thin out but like the recent couple of years we've had a lot of vampire movies and tv shows come out again so i feel like yeah it's happened there's there's some spooky things that just keep showing up and vampires are one of them and i think back so we uh talking about like Obviously, the classic of the classic, you know, Nosferatu is now mm-hmm. over 100 years old. It came out in 1922. And that's oh like the gosh. first vampire movie ever. But it's also one of the first horror movies. So we've been seeing vampires in films for over 100 years yeah. now. Isn't that crazy to think about? It is. And yeah. And Bram Stoker wrote Dracula uh, in those 1700s? 1800s. 1800s, right? Yeah. 18, yeah, and I think Camilla, which is the uh, lesbian vampire story, mm. predated Dracula by, like, what, 16 years, maybe? Sounds I thought right. it was, like, just, like, barely missed each other. That sounds right. But, yeah, Dracula came out because I didn't know until very recently that Nosferatu is actually, like, pretty much Dracula. It's just, like, a loose retelling of Dracula is yes. essentially what Nosferatu is. Yeah. yeah, it is the same, but it's 
Count Orlock instead of Count Dracula. Mm-hmm. But he is he is Count Dracula. Count Orlock is Count Dracula in the Werner Herzog version of Nosferatu. Oh. I haven't gotten to see the Werner Herzog one. Have you watched that one before? I haven't either. I have not, and it's actually available to stream. It was on my list. So I was going to try to watch it this past week, but me and Taylor ended up streaming something else I'm going to talk about oh, okay. uh, tonight. So Okay. Um, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them mm-hmm. I've watched very recently, and some of them are ones that I haven't watched, but I will be watching them during Spooptober, of course. But yeah, Nosferatu is on my list. Both versions are. And then also the 1931 Dracula, which was the first sound adaptation of the novel, which was also the Universal Studios Dracula that we all know. That's also on my list. That I'm like, okay, I have a lot of vampire movies I love, but I need to dip my toes more in the classics because the classics are the classics for a reason. Well, I have the 1931 Dracula on my list too. Do we want to talk about that <gasps> one first? Yes, you've seen it? Yeah. I, it was one of the first horror oh, movies I saw as a kid. Uh, the 1931 Aww. Dracula. My parents, I really like spooky stuff, obviously. And when I was little, I really, really wanted to watch something spooky. And so my parents were like, okay, we will let them watch Dracula because it's not that scary. I think they also let us watch Psycho. So I watched Dracula. I was under 10, but not crazy young. Because I know we were living in Alabama because we rented it from the Blockbuster um, in Alabama. But I really liked it. The part that scared me the most, though, was Jonathan Harker on the boat. How crazy he looked. Like there's that one shot where they're looking down the staircase. And he just looks absolutely terrifying. It was super spooky and it scared me, but I really liked it. And yeah, it definitely like set a tone with me. And by the way, it is streaming on Prime Video right now. So if you haven't seen the original Dracula, you can, uh, well, the original Dracula movie, not Nosferatu. There is also a remake called, well, there's several, but Bram Stoker's Dracula is also available. I can't remember where it's streaming. I think it might be streaming on Max right now. I didn't put it on my list because honestly, watched it, wasn't the biggest fan except of the costumes and Gary Oldman. The rest of it was kind of a s- weird. Also, Keanu Reeves is trying to have a British accent, but isn't, isn't. So it's a whole thing. The design is beautiful, though. Yeah, I think that's the thing that the aesthetic of that film is absolutely like all these years later. Because I saw that when I was very young. My father loved that movie. So, uh, and I, the aesthetic of it is immaculate. Yeah. So design-wise, love that one. But I, I was it, it's um, what's his face? Uh, oh shit! Oh, fr- uh, for Francis Ford, Francis Coppola. Ford Coppola. Coppola. Yeah, definitely not yeah, a- Coppola terrible movie but it's just it's got this weird blend of like really good casting choices and really bad casting choices it's like there are some people that are perfect in their roles and other people that just don't fit and i i just don't understand the choices and it's not that they're even doing a yeah. bad job. It's just they don't fit well in that role. I do, I do think we see that time and time again, though, where I, I don't mean this rudely. It's going to come across rudely. But it's like <laughs> we do have actors that are cast for pure talent. And then we have other actors that cast because they're the flavor at that time. Yes. Like they're the it girl, it boy at yes. that time. And so you just see them trending in movies during like maybe early 90s, mid 90s. Because even though I do not think he's like an it boy, I think this is a very actual phenomenal actor but as you know robert eggers next movie is going to be the nosferatu remake and bill skarsgård has already been cast as the count Mm. in robert eggers remake Mm. so and i mean now we know bill skarsgård is a good actor he doesn't he he likes to do prosthetics too i can see it with prosthetics because like uh there's a oh what is it called there is a movie about the making of Nosferatu called, like, Something of the Vampire. I- I've never seen it, but I know it's about people meeting the actor who plays Count Orlock in the original night, the original film. It's about, like, the-, the process of making the movie, but they all secretly think he really is Nosferatu because he's, like, a method actor or whatever. And... He was very, like, diminutive in size. Like, it looked like the actual actor was. So, and Bill Skarsgård isn't, like, diminutive, like, a tiny person. But he's not, like, 
a big guy, but I don't think of Dracula as a big yeah. person. Yeah, he's very, I think he's like, I would describe him as like tall and almost willowy looking. And I think that's the thing, like, you know, because I, I think about him and it, but I also think about him and mm-hmm. the devil all the time, where it's like, you know, he kind of has that, he looks like he's a person. He looks like a person from, like, decades ago. Like, he almost has, like, this kind of timeless classic look to him. Yeah. But his method of acting, he's very much, like, he embodies, like, his characters, right? And I think that's the great thing about when he was cast as Pennywise, yeah. Is even though, I'm, and when I think of Pennywise, I think of, you remember, I think Stephen King actually said this was the original inspiration for Pennywise was Clarabelle the Clown. So like maybe like a middle-aged man mm-hmm. who actually like was very, like, you know, like a kid would go up and hug him. Like yeah. you didn't want to be intimidated by Pennywise. Anyway, exactly. that, we're not going to get talking about it. We're not going to talk by about way, it too Nosferatu much. But yeah, is streaming mm-hmm. basically everywhere you can get it for free, like Tubi and Pluto. 1922 or 1979? The original. Okay, 22. Yeah. Yeah. I but thought I maybe the Warner Herzog one was on, what was it? Oh, oh yeah, was it it's on also HBO on Max or was it? It's on Tubi and okay, Peacock it's on Tubi and too? Amazon Prime and AMC Plus and Ooh. Freebie. So you could watch they both say, of them. They say, watch this movie. Yeah, they're like, please watch it. So I didn't know if you wanted me to go on to my first pick that I have a feeling will be one of your picks too. Which one is it? So this is a slight spoiler for this show. It is a TV show, oh. but it's a limited series, so... So Spoilers. it feels like okay, yeah. It's a it's a slight spoiler, but it's a vampire show, and uh, it's Midnight Mass, which <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Mike Flanagan, twenty 2020, twenty, uh, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty one. Yeah. And Taylor actually watched it because as we prepare ourselves for the fall of the House of Usher, premiering October twelfth, I believe. Mm-hmm. I was talking with Taylor. I was like, "You should watch Midnight Mass," and he was like, "He was homesick." He said, "Let's go ahead and watch it." And of course, once he got going it was like we binged it entirely in two days like and taylor loved it so much she's like i do think i actually like this one better than the haunting of hill house and i'm like this is the one that it's like just this magnum opus Mm -hmm. like re-watching it again like i wasn't expecting to cry at the same places but i did i cried again and it's like holy shit it's this show about vampires but it's also about religion and grief and all these other just like Oh my god, like, I, I love it. I just think it's an absolute masterpiece, and it yes. cemented that to me again, rewatching it. It's one of the Netflix series that Mike Flanagan does, so mm-hmm. if you want to watch it, it's on Netflix. The best part about it is the way it's introduced, the vampire part, is so slowly introduced, and, like, but really, like, it's, it's definitely hinted at, but, like, it's just slowly introduced, and the blending of, like, religious beliefs and supernatural things i think was really well done because like to this one person it's an angel to another person it's a monster it's a devil you know and it just depends on your interpretation and which is very much like religion religion can be very great and it can also be very terrible depending on who wields that power and what they mean from that and i i find it really fascinating it's interesting because mike flanagan wrote Midnight Mass, like, started it a long time ago, and I think this was what he really wanted to do on Netflix, but he had to do some more stuff before they would let him because it wasn't, it was an original idea. It wasn't, like, an uh, interpretation of uh, another media. So if you look, there's hints about Midnight Mass in uh, Bly Manor and House, I mean, Haunting of Hill House, and I think in Hush, the book it Midnight is Mass, a novel. Is she, it's in, a novel is she on wrote. Table, yeah. yeah. So he's he was working on that, and he definitely grew up Catholic and has a lot of Catholic religious trauma. And he uses all these songs that I grew up singing, and so like to me, like I think that's what really gets me to cry is I'm just like, oh, it's so familiar, and in a lot of ways positive, but in some ways negative. So. It's it's interesting, and it's definitely something you should watch. But have a box of tissues, because it is... Yeah. I, 
that's it's the thing. Fun. And like I, ne- I, it also rewatching it this time. So like all the actors are just stellar, right? And that's yeah. the one thing that a lot of people are like. There's a lot, a lot of like monologues and a lot of talking. I eat that <laughs> shit up. I love dialogue. Well, well written monologues are very different than poorly written monologues, and his are well written monologues. Oh God, they are so well well written. I love it. But I just rewatching this and watching Hamish Linklater's like three layer performance oh is just God. like amazing. Oh my God. Like all the show is just filled with great actors, but him alone. I'm like, Oh my God. I, he's so damn good in this series. He's like really just good. was, I don't know. I love it. No, I guess we could probably do like a full episode on just midnight. Well, mass like, alone. The thing I love with, it like, so much. The, the mom of the doctor, how like, I was like, this is a, a uh, younger woman in weird old people makeup. Why did they do that? And you go through the series and you're like, oh, that's why they did that. Oh, okay. Like everything makes sense. Everything is planned out so well. I just rewatched Doctor Sleep, which I guess is kind of vampires. So maybe that's our fifth vampire. It is, yeah. The true knot is kind of like a vampires. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of functional vampires. Maybe that's the one you're trying to think of that maybe. we did for the podcast. Yeah. But they're not like, they don't drink blood. They drink others. They take smoke take steam sorry take steam so i just rewatched that one too and it's his movie and he just like i don't know he just has a good way of just making things work visually and like everything is so well set up and it is really sad i will say it's probably the saddest of the three of the the conclusions i think is probably the saddest but it's also very much like everything comes full circle I would say. You know what? I actually had a little bit of a debate with Taylor, and without spoiling finite details of either show, the one thing I will say is that what bothers me about Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor is that we almost have an American Horror Story where it's like if you die there, you're stuck there. Yeah. So that's one thing that I was like, okay, even though Midnight Mass is arguably nihilistic. There is like some kind of silver lining to me, but I won't go much more. I don't want to spoil it, but I would love if Ryan's okay with it. I would love to do an episode of Midnight Mass. I think we could talk about it for a very long time. Yeah, y'all already know where Flanna stands. I mean, I can't, I cannot wait for the fall of the house of Usher. Oh my god, I'm excited. (laughs) I watched the trailer and I was like, this is great. I will say. Uh, and I need to research this more, guys, and I promise I will. This will be the last Netflix Mike Flanagan show. I don't know if that means he's done with TV series altogether or if he's done with Netflix. But they know. did announce this will be the last show he'll do for Netflix. That's depressing. Yes. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, I don't know if it's like he's taking time off him and uh, Kate Siegel do have two young children. He has another child, so he has three children. Not sure if he's taking time off for family or if he's like going into more movies. I will research that more. But Katie, tell me about your next pick that okay. you do have. So on the lighter side, which this is, I'm, I'm just going to talk about both of them because they're both related. But there's a movie version and a series version. And I'm sure everyone's already <laughs> seen this. <laughs> this is one of my picks too. Okay, good. But it is what we do in the shadows. Which is one of my Peter. favorite shows. Peter. Well, he's so creepy. Peter. <laughs> so the movie version, you have to rent on VOD or buy it because for some reason yes. in the States, there's no way to watch it streaming that I can find. So just be aware of that. But the series is on Hulu through an FX, so FX on Hulu. So the movie is set in New Zealand. And if you don't know what we do in the shadows is, it is Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi came up with this idea of these vampire roommates. And it's a it's a documentary crew following them around and like seeing their day to day living and all that. And it can be very gory at times, but it's also very funny. And uh, the first one takes place in New Zealand. And it's these three guys. Well, there's three main ones. And then Pita, which is basically Nosferatu living in the basement. And then then they, they befriend some humans. And then they, other things happen. Um, But it's very, it's very funny. And a few years later so i think what they're on their fifth season i think so i don't know like four years four or five years ago fx got with jermaine clement and taika watiti and they did an american version 
where is uh, three vampires and one of their um, familiars named Guillermo live on a house in Staten Island in New York. And uh, it's Matt Barry, who was on IT Crowd, which is why I was like, oh, they picked a good cast. He was the only one I knew about beforehand. Um, but all three of the vampires are great. Nodge is probably my favorite. But also, uh, I just love all of them. They're so fucking funny. But yes, it's very funny. My parents love it. Scott loves it. Brittany, I'm sure you watch it all the time. I haven't fully Actually, caught up on this season. I love the movie. Haven't seen a single episode of the oh, TV series. The ser- so the series is actually a an expansion of the world. And... This is a little spoiler, but if you watch the movie, it's just a positive thing. A lot of the characters from the movie come back as, like, cameos throughout the series. Oh, that's awesome. So you see Jermaine Clements and Taika Waititi, and I'm blanking on the third person. But you see all of them. Also, if you like Our Flag Means Death, the main character from that is the werewolf leader in what art what we do in the shadows the movie so uh we're, we're werewolves, we're, we're, not we're, we're werewolves. yeah so reese davies is his name so yeah it's a great it's really funny and if you haven't watched it please do i don't think you don't have to watch the movie first to enjoy the series however i think like knowing who they are when the cameos show up makes it more impactful um but yeah it's very funny and uh there's some heart in it too but it's mostly pretty just fucking hilarious so highly recommend the gore factor is there though in the movie there's a lot of like but it's very funny i don't know if you like taiko atiti which i think most people do you'll like it jermaine clements too like there's a lot of people that are in flight of the concord that's in that movie too it is very comical and that's the thing it's like i guess because of the the sense of humor in it i loved it but i have i have like taylor was watching he's like i I don't like taylor was not laughing the way i did i was like Oh. oh okay so this is this is definitely my sense of humor but um i loved it and i was like yeah I can't think of a vampire movie that's quite made me laugh in the same way. So that's why I was oh, like, yeah, no, it's in yeah. my top five for sure. What's another one that you had? Okay, so let's see. This one came out in 1996. And uh, me and my brother watched the shit out of this uh, when we were kids. And what's really, really funny is directors Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez are best friends. And Robert Rodriguez was my brother's favorite director growing up. Quentin Tarantino was mine. Uh, and Robert Rodriguez directed this movie and put Quentin as one of the two stars which god bless quentin he's not the best actor still of the movie and it's performance of all of his performances we'll just be there this was also on my list i know what you're talking about but i'll let you say it from dust till dawn baby and Mm -hmm. i love this movie i love it i love it i love it it is so funny because i recently came across a clip and i was just like fucking laughing my ass off because george clooney they were talking and he was like yeah so quentin one day was like Oh, man, I saw this article with George, and he was doing, like, this perfect Tarantino impersonation. <laughs> and essentially, like, they were talking, and they were like, oh, my God, George Clooney and Quentin look alike. They could play brothers. And so that's who they are. They're brothers who are, like, bank robbers. Um, yeah. And they basically take this family hostage, and uh, they take them to a bar to have a meeting with, like, basically, like, I guess they're, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're not, like, a kind of, Crime like, acquaintances. Boss? They're also, like... Yeah, like partners, like, yeah. I guess, like, to make a deal. Uh, and they don't realize that the vampire, or the bar is run by vampires. So that's yeah, the big it's thing. It's like the bar layer. is run by vampires. Led by yeah, Salma Hayek. So. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, and, and Harvey um, Keitel and Juliette Lewis are in the family. Yes, and it, the bar is called the Titty Twister. Mm-hmm. At one point, they take condoms and fill them with holy water to yeah. use against the vampires yeah it's pretty like, good Danny you know, Trejo's in as it one does. Mm-hmm. Cheech Marin's in it Tom Savini is in it and Fred mm-hmm. Williamson too so there's a lot of like very interesting people it is streaming on Max right now and there's a TV series that they did and I started to watch the TV series and I don't know why I didn't watch more than one episode though and I can't remember why there's also like I think two I think there's two movie sequels and one video game sequel but i actually had not played the video game or watched the other movies i've only watched this first movie but it was brilliant it's scary and it's funny so i'm like you can't ask for more also robert kurtzman helped write it and he's like a really famous fx uh artist 
but he's mm-hmm. also he also helped write it, which I find interesting. Well, my next one is also a series and movies, <laughs> but I can't separate the two, even though they're actually very much more different than the other one is. But it is kind of a comedy, but co- mostly a drama, but. It's very quippy. It's very fast-paced. It's very 90s and early 2000s. One of them is very 90s and one of them is early 2000s. But it is one of my favorite shows that I came very late in the game to. I started watching it as research for a part in college and then couldn't stop watching it. And the only thing is I have not watched the last three episodes because... Somebody spoiled some shit for me, and I didn't want to emotionally damage myself. So, I will finish it, but um, I didn't have time to go back and do that before this. However, what I'm talking about, if you haven't guessed already, is Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, by Joss Whedon. And the movie stars Christy Swanson as Buffy, and then there's also Donald Sutherland, Paul Rubens, rest in peace, uh, Rucker Hauer. Luke Perry, David Arquette, and Hilary Swank are all in this movie. Um, and this the movie's on Max, Hulu, and Cinemax. So a lot of different ways to watch it. Um, the movie's good. I like the movie a lot. Basically, the movie is Buffy finding out she's a slayer. And if, I don't know if you haven't watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy is the trope. Joss Whedon said he wanted to write a show about the little girl who usually gets murdered at the beginning of the horror movie, but turn her into the person that defeats the bad people, the vampire. So she's, so Buffy is like a cheerleader. She's like this perky little blonde girl, but she's also a vampire slayer. And she is the chosen one. And it's very campy, but there's episodes that literally of the TV show that just make me cry. And are very serious and are super well written. And there has been some stuff come out recently that Joss Whedon wasn't the best person on set. And maybe did some creepy weird things. But I've heard very differing accounts. So I don't want to like, I don't want to besmirch the show. But I will warn you, like, there's been some weird stuff coming out. But I don't think the show really gets affected by it, if that makes sense. So it's not like gross or anything like that. But the series is probably the thing I like the most. It's currently on Hulu. Um, There's seven seasons and Sarah Michelle Gellar is Buffy. David Boreanaz is Angel. Um, You'll see Allison Hannigan's in it. And I'm blanking on Xander's actor's name and Giles' actor's names. Anthony Head is Giles. And it's really good. And so you've got Buffy and um, she's a new girl because basically (laughs) spoiler for the movie, but well, I'll just say she causes a ruckus killing vampires at her first school and so her mom moves her to Sunnydale thinking it'll be a nice quiet place, not knowing she's the the slayer. And then um, (laughs) and then uh, it turns out Sunnydale is the Hellmouth where all the demons Mm. come. So uh, she is very busy, but she befriends some misfits called Xander and Willow, and they have a Scooby gang, and and uh, she falls in love with a vampire named Angel, who has a soul. It's a whole thing. There's a lore, but it's very funny, and I would say if you want to watch Buffy, the most the best episodes I would suggest for Halloween are season one, episode three called witch which is a very i don't know it's just one of my favorites it's like one of the cheerleaders is a witch and there's a bunch of other stuff going on but i found it very funny because there's all this like magic going on with the cheerleaders um we're like they're sabotaging other cheerleaders cheering with magic which was very funny um season two episode six is called halloween and it's a halloween episode where everyone's like dressed in costumes and stuff and it's very funny my personal favorite which is the musical episode called season six episode seven once more with feeling i will say that episode you probably want to have watched the series up until then because unlike most musical episodes where they have nothing to do with the rest of the plot this one actually moves the plot very forward so this one is one you'll enjoy more if you've seen the rest of them. But it's still, like, a fucking amazing episode. It's one of the best musical episodes of a series I've ever seen. And the one that won, like, a bunch of awards, which is called Hush, which is season four, episode ten, 
which is one where there is yeah. almost no dialogue in it, and it is terrifying. Also, the body is really good, but it is really sad. Yeah. So I the would say the body's ending has been ruined for me. Yeah. Well, it's the body's yeah. beginning. Is it's actually like the yeah. whole, but the whole episode is just it's it's a very good look at grief, but it is really abrupt and which is like grief, but it is also just like really sad so that one have a i wouldn't say it's a fun one to watch but the whole series is interesting and i would definitely suggest it in any form but the movie's also really cute so if you just want a taste of it take that but i will say different vibes in both of them because the tv show was in the early to mid 90s and the i'm sorry the movie was in the earlier 90s and the TV show was late 90s, early 2000s. Just different vibes, but it is very quintessential Y2K fashion all over the place. So I had a lot, like both of them, I was like, I can't just recommend one or the other because they're both great. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And Buffy is a classic, but yeah, over and over again, even though I haven't seen a single episode, I see Hush and The Body on list all the time. So I know those are two very big episodes in the series. So my next pick is a 2008 film. It's Swedish. We've done it on the podcast before, but I absolutely fucking love this movie. It's Let the Right One In, which is based on a book. And then it was made into an American remake called Let Me In. I'm actually in the camp. I thought Let Me In is a is a decent film. I did like the remake. Of course, it's not the original. The original is still the superior film. But Let Me In is not a bad movie. But Let the Right One In, man. Like, I just... I've never seen a story about first love told so beautifully and so, like, violently. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. Like, it's a gorgeous movie to watch. It's like... It's amazing how something can be so disturbing and heartfelt at the same time. Yeah, it's super well done. It's beautiful. And I think, Britt, you have the book. So there's also the book also mm-hmm. sounds like something yeah. I really actually need to read. But it is really well done and it's really beautifully done. And just like how it's shot is so gorgeous. And also like it's such a like a melancholia going on through the whole movie Mm -hmm. which is very very on brand for vampires but it is definitely a standout and something that i think a lot of people should look at when they look at vampire movies because it's i wouldn't say it's even that different but it's just so well done yeah i think like you so we're used to seeing vampires as like something sexy and obviously they're like a metaphor for sex like i mean come on guys they're piercing the skin there's blood duh but you use you don't really see a vampire as like a protagonist, much less one that is relatively innocent. Yeah. And slight spoilers for the movie, but this movie's about a child who's bullied and he yes. becomes best friends with what he assumes is a little girl and it's actually a vampire. It's a it's a it's a child that was turned into a vampire, but they have lived for years and years like i think over a century at this point in the story the story takes place in the 80s mm-hmm. i think it subverts your expectations in a lot of ways you think you may know yeah. where the movie's going but you really don't and it's so quiet that when it finally does get to an ending that's just absolutely haunting i will say probably the <laughs> last 10 minutes of this film is like some of my favorite is one of my favorite endings in a movie and that says something for me because usually if a movie has a good ending, it can hook me. Like, I'll love it. And so for me to say this is one of my favorite endings, that's, like, really high praise. But it is. It just sticks with you long after the credits roll. It's a great movie. It was one that, like, I was highly excited when you picked it. And it was one that I'd always wanted to watch and hadn't yet. So I would say you good. should watch it. It's beautiful. And it's 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 very sweet. and But it's also very, very graphic and, like, with violence yes. but in a restrained way like there's graphic violence but the way they shoot it doesn't make it overwhelming if that makes sense it does and it is uh, currently on pluto and tubi tv and it was made into a tv series too the tv series does have a different plot it's also vampire related but it's not like the movie but the thing is the tv series from my understanding got really good reviews but unfortunately it was canceled after one season mm. what's your what's your last pick katie so this one I, I guess i picked i had some darker ones i okay so I wasn't going to pick this one, but it's a film. But I'll put the other one that I was originally going to do as an honorable mention because it's not a film. 
Um, but I did a couple TV series. So we're going to do the other film that I picked, which is a more recent film, which I really enjoyed. Brit was lukewarm on. So you may love it. You may not love it. I loved it. So if you have goofy taste, I feel like it's kind of a goofy movie, but it's also incredibly violent. Um, but in my opinion, like enough, I was entertained by the violence. Um, but Renfield, which is now on Peacock. I, oh, I really okay, liked okay. it, and it was it's Dracula as Nick Cage is Dracula, and Nicholas Holt, um, who I've been a fan of since I saw About a Boy as like a middle schooler as Renfield, which is his familiar, and uh, you've also got Aquafina and Ben Schwartz, who aka John Ralphio as supporting characters, and it's very funny. Um, and the supporting cast, and I'm gonna butcher her name, but I love this actress, short. Shora Agdashlu? I don't think I'm saying her name correctly, but she was recently in Run Sweetheart Run. And also Brandon Scott Jones, who's in Ghost. They're both really great supporting actors. Um, There's a lot of campy humor. Uh, Nick Cage is pitch perfect as Dracula. It's like, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to watch this movie. And it's just a lot of over-the-top gory action. It reminds me a lot of Hot Fuzz at, like, the ending Mm. sequence of Hot Fuzz, the gory action bit. Because, like, it is very much just, like, over-the-top, but also funny, but also, like, action movie-ish. I would highly suggest it if you like campy spooky things if you don't like it's it's not as moody but some of the moody ones we both picked so i guess dracula ended up being my only like serious one but that's okay yeah but i really liked it what's your last pick before we do honorable mentions i was about to say in renfield is there is a lot of funny moments in renfield especially in the first half of the movie so i i didn't hate it i didn't hate it it just wasn't my favorite but it was entertaining i will say that there was entertaining moments (laughs) So I really struggled because uh, as I was compiling my list, I was like, holy shit, I actually really like a lot of vampire movies. So I went, I actually picked this one based on um, me and Taylor had this conversation where he was like, would you know, would you want to be a vampire? I'm like, fuck no. And he's like, why not? And then I realized that my whole feeling on being a vampire <laughs> actually aligns with the fact that I saw this particular movie when I was probably about five years old. Am I right? Let me make sure I'm looking at the... Oh my god, I'm losing my mind, guys. Okay, yeah, I was five years old when this movie came out. So, when I was five years old, I saw an interview with the vampire. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) so, this is a spoiler alert for Interview with the Vampire, but you know, the original novel did come out. The original novel, The First in the Vampire Chronicles, came out in the late 70s. Interview with the Vampire, the first one with Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and Kristen Dunst came out in 1994. So, Louie, who's Brad Pitt's character, tells, like, basically this very sad story of what his life has been like since he was turned. And, yep. you know, the the man who's interviewing him, Christian Slater, I believe it is, mm-hmm. he's like, oh my god, this sounds awesome. And Louis like, did you not just fucking listen to anything I said? And even as a child, like, I was just like, like, you know, like, this is awful. You watch everyone you love die. You'll never see another sunset again. And I was yeah. like, it's funny because here I am all these years later. And I have taken that to the core of my being that I would not want to be a vampire. So yeah. I guess if a movie enters to your subconscious at level of thought, yeah. like, I'm like, it's, it's sure. stuck with me. So... <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah, it was definitely a pretty big movie when we were little. And then I, I remember hearing about it because the VHS cover of Little Women was like, oh, Kirsten Dunn says young Amy interview with the vampire. And I was just like, what is that? Mom was like, you can't see that movie yet. And I was like, okay. I did finally watch it as an adult. <laughs> it's the thi- which there's a TV series on AMC Plus, which is currently on Max right now. And I think... That's really I good. I the movie's also maybe on Max. I'm not 100% sure about the movie. But I started watching the series recently, and it is really good. And it the good. thing I don't like about the movie, and again, I watched it as an adult, not as a child when it first came out, when it was like, you know, quote unquote, different times. The relationship between Louis and Lestat is very much implied that they are romantically linked, 
but it's not as explicit in the movie yes. because it was the early 90s and it was a mainstream film. However, in the Anne Rice novels, I do believe it is very obvious. Is it Fried Green Tomatoes was the same thing. It was like early 90s and oh, they were like, color purple they're just too. real close friends. And Color Purple, like all of these movies, like they're just very mm-hmm. close friends. Claire Reicher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the TV series is very explicit. They're just like, oh no, they're, they're a couple. They're a couple and, you know, they explore that side of like because they met in the early 1900s in the TV series in a, well, I think both of them are New Orleans because of where they met yeah. and when they met, they it's like can't in the be 1700s. as open with their relationship. Yeah, they're they're different time periods that they meet, but they mm-hmm. both start in New Orleans, which is a very vampy place. It seems like so makes sense. Um, but I appreciate that the TV series does what I don't like about the movie, which I was like, just let them, just let them be gay. Well, it's fine. What's the problem? But like the lens is. Well, it was the 90s, and it was honestly pretty taboo, I guess, even then for a mainstream movie. And I think, but people loved it. Like, that movie was, like, all over the place. Everyone saw that fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I remember even, like, a big, big thing for me as a a small kid, like, as a five-year-old, is that I didn't really understand the ramifications of, like, Kristen Dunst, so Claudia being turned as a little uh-huh. girl. She's five in the novels, and I think in the film they made her to be like an eight or nine year old girl. But she grows, like she becomes a woman, but she's trapped in a child's body. And as a as an adult female now, I'm like that is absolutely horrifying. Yes. But there's a scene where she's tired of looking like a little girl, and she cuts off all of her hair, and it just instantly yeah. she walks in the other room and she screams, and it's because it's all grown back, and it's you yeah. know. I mean, I don't know. I guess seeing it that young, it's just like it really kind of gave me an idea behind vampirism and like how awful it is. So I, that's why yeah. I'm like, you know what? In retrospect, I don't know if it's the best movie, but the time Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise were two of the hottest stars, and it's amazing because it's a very like homoerotic movie. And- <laughs> You have these, like, very straight, like, really handsome male actors, and I, I mean, Antonio Banderas is in it, like, I don't know, it, mm-hmm. it's, I still actually do enjoy watching it, even if it's, like, at a critical point, I'm like, this isn't the best film ever, I will watch it anytime it I get the chance to watch it. The costuming it. is beautiful. Yes. It's, it's gorgeous looking, it really is. And you should, mm-hmm. if you, if you like the idea of it, you should definitely watch the TV series, because I'm only three or four episodes in, but... And it's getting a second season. But it, yeah, it, I'm excited. It's really good. It's really good. Um, as- but the, the movie's well made. Definitely. It's worth I'm, a watch. I'm excited because the way the TV series is going, it really feels like the first season was Interview with the Vampire, but now we it's almost like the second season has to get more into the Vampire Lestat. So, oh, yeah, and, and eventually, books. Yeah, and I'm excited because eventually, if you see Queen of the Dam, which Queen of the Dam was made into a movie too, <laughs> and uh, that's interesting. One. We'll talk about that more. Yeah, Aaliyah, yeah. yeah, she was Akasha in The Queen Rest of the Dam, and Stuart Townsend was Lestat. But I would love to see that portrayed in the series, too, because Lestat and Queen of the Dam was originally based off Jim Morrison, and I love The Doors, so I would love to see mm. what they did with that as far as the TV show. But we shall see what time, what, what will happen. <laughs> so do we have any honorable mentions you just have to mention before we sign oh, off? Oh, God. I'm like, I could go down a very quick list. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I, I can go. That's fine. So, I was going to talk about True Blood because I love oh, True Blood. yes. And it is one series yes. that I have completely finished. Love how it ends. There's some iffy seasons in the middle, but not as disappointing as Game of Thrones. And mm. if you like romantic, sexy vampires and werewolves and things like that, definitely suggest it. Everyone's southern accents are terrible, but um, <laughs> it's entertainingly terrible, southern accents. And the acting's good, but it is very much like, it's like a soap opera, definitely. But it is on Max and apparently on Hulu right now, which I find very funny. I actually liked The Invitation, which I think is on Netflix right now, that came out recently i was surprised at how much i liked it um so that's that was an interesting one too also we already did we already mentioned this but thirst because we already did this one which has the hopping vampire kind of thing um which is a park chan wook movie we already said a girl walks home alone at night i started watching vampires kiss with nick cage 
and it's it's kind of fucking hilarious. So that's definitely one. Uh, and we already mentioned Ganja and Hess. Um, and a girl walks home alone at night. And I started this one and got interrupted, but I plan on finishing it. Called Blood Red Sky, which is <gasps> yes. It's kind of a vampire movie, kind of not, but it's good from what I've seen. So I watched like, the first 30 minutes and it was really good. And then I got interrupted and I need to go back and finish it. But I think those are the ones that were super important to me. There's some other ones that I just didn't write down, but I like. But that's really all. Most of these are streaming. I think Blood Red Sky is actually on Netflix as well. I don't know where Thirst is streaming right now or Ganjin has, but... Uh, definitely check them out if you can because they are very interesting and we have episodes on those as well. All the other honorable mentions we already mentioned. And that's what you, since you mentioned Netflix, I had heard of this movie coming to Netflix and I saw the trailer. It looked really interesting. My coworker actually watched this and he loved it. But El Conde is on Netflix yes. now. It's a horror comedy. Yeah. And it's an imagining of Augusto Pinochet as a vampire. Yes. And uh, yeah, guys, uh, it looks really, really interesting. It's on my watch list. So if you guys are looking for something new vampire-ish to watch, go watch that. Yeah. So my honorable mentions, I will mention it very, very quickly. Uh, so for the little ones, we got Hotel Transylvania. It is, I, I like it. I just think it's cute because you know it's Dracula and his daughter Mavis. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like it. And so, yeah, if you just want something vampire-ish, but, you know, for, for the little crowd, uh, Hotel Transylvania is where it's at. A movie that I saw as a teenager I really enjoyed and it's actually one of my older nephew's favorite i am legend devastated me uh, and honestly yeah i didn't and think I of also, them as vampires i guess <laughs> i was like i was like is that a vampire movie yeah it's technically it's made to be a vampire movie and what's really cool is that it's actually based off a novel that came out in the 60s in uh-huh. the i am legend that we know will smith was the third adaptation the first was the last the man, man on on earth and the Omega and Man, Omega yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah. Fright Night, which is 1985. It's a good one. Mm. It's a classic. It was remade with Anton Yelchin, uh, rest in peace, when we were teenagers. One that we watched last night that Taylor never seen before, but it's a guilty pleasure. And I watched it with my mom a lot was The Lost Boys. Love the oh, Lost yeah. Boys. And then heading into the end of my list, I promise. So uh, Vampire Hunter D, which is a anime, but it's a great anime film. Um, that's obviously about Vampire Hunter. It's very graphic. It's very violent. And the anime, I think, came out in the 80s. So it's an older style of animation, but it's good. And then Katie knows this movie. It's a guilty pleasure of mine, but Sleepwalkers, which is based on Stephen King's short story. Oh. Are, uh, yeah, Sleepwalkers. Get the bad guy, Clovis. Get the bad guy. Are they vampires, though? Because they're cat people, too. I think it's kind of like... We, are they vampires? It's kind of like the true knot Sorry, idea. That was, well, that's in the beginning. Yeah, it's kind of like the true knot yeah. where they're, they're feeding off the energy that virgins give i feel like stephen king just really likes vampires because there's also salem's lot he just yes. has a lot of like dancing around vampires <laughs> it's like in salem's lot of the original 1979 adaptation because right now we are supposed to get a new adaptation of salem's salem's lot that has supposedly been filmed but it's in like i guess post-production hell right now mm. toby hooper did the first one right did he I'm actually not for sure. The miniseries? Yeah, the, I know the original miniseries came Hold out in 79. Was it him? It may have been. I know there was another mini, another version uh, of Salem's Lot that came out, but it was largely forgotten. I think it was in the early 2000s. Yep. Who did uh, 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre? That is Great. awesome. My very last honorable mention. Sorry, guys. I know I had a lot of them. I never realized how many vampire films I consumed until doing this episode. <laughs> But, You're fine. But Blood, The Last Vampire, which was an anime uh, movie. It's only an hour long, but it's about a teenage girl that's a vampire hunter. It's very dark. It's very gritty. And I was obsessed with it when I was like 13. So it's if you guys get your hand on it, it's a short watch. It's only an hour, but Blood, The Last Vampire is incredible. Interesting. Uh, that's one I've never heard of before. So. Oh, it's so good. Blood, The Last <laughs> Vampire is so good. You have to watch it. It's only an hour. So okay. I'm like, guys, it won't take a long it won't take long out of your life and it's it's like freaky. I really did love it. So and I almost made <laughs> it like my fifth choice, but I was like 
Let's go interview with the vampire. But blood is, is up there for me as far as vampire films. But I think that's everything. Yeah, that's everything I had written down. Yay! Vampire movies! Vampire movies! Yay! There's some really, like, shitty ones, too, that are really funny to watch. There's one called Bloodlock that Red Letter Media did, and it looks so dumb, but, like, in a funny, hilarious way. Because vampires are so ubiquitous, I guess. Like, anyone can kind of talk about them, but they're in a lot of a lot of stuff. And it's, it's very much a symbol for, like, sexuality and all kinds of sensual things and forbidden pleasures and whatnot and... Um, very gothic horror and I feel like there's definitely some that I left off but there will be more to talk about later yeah but yeah we and if you want more vampire stuff like I said Ganja and Hess and Girl Walks Home Alone at Night Thirst and Let the Right One In and maybe Dr. Sleep Dr. Sleep all of those we have full episodes on so you can listen to those episodes as well and then next week, we, I think if you didn't listen to last week's, we have our very special friend and guest, Dalton, coming on to talk about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Must be the season very of excited the about witch. That. Yes, I'll be listening to that song on repeat, even though I don't think it's in the movie. So I will keep this short and sweet. Uh, thank you for listening. Happy Spooptober. Be safe, and um, we love you guys, and wash your hands, take your vitamins, and take care of yourselves and others and your fur babies and skin babies, if you have them, human babies, whatever. And we love you guys. Yeah. Uh, Echoing what Katie said, we love you all. Spay to new your pets. Take care of yourselves and one another. And as always, we just look forward to seeing you next time. Same spoopy time, same spoopy channel. Stay spoopy, y'all. Bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Katie. Bye. Bye, Brett. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.